Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Eddie Cisneros. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. We're so grateful to have you here today. How are you? Pretty good. Holding up. Holding up, uh, barring uh, what's going on right now across the world. Point. I know people are going to be getting into the groove, getting back to things, getting back to normal. Uh, we have Queens and Brooklyn down the house today. You're in Queens. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. So grateful to have you here. You have an interesting story. You work as a doorman still. Uh, you've been doing it for 26 years, but you're also an author. You've written a number of books, and we're grateful to have you share how you were able to bring your dream to reality, even though you have a job. Uh, a lot of people think you have to have one or the other. It's either I have a job or I give that up and then I start my dream. Why not do both? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So how did that happen for you? How did you enter into the world of working as a doorman and then uh, decide that, hey, I have this passion of writing and I want to do that? How did that happen? Well, uh, I think the, the writing has always been something with me and that's, you know, uh, an extreme passion of mine. Um, as far as being a doorman, um. I was approached by a friend back in the days we used to do music together. Hmm. And uh, he approached me asking me if I was interested in a part-time job, which um, at that point, I, yeah, I said, yeah, I, I took on a job working weekends. And I specifically remember telling my, uh, my old super back then that it's for a limited time only because at that point I was actually uh, trying to uh, get into the police academy. And um, I actually scored pretty well. I was in what was called band one at that time. So I was pretty much close to being called and it was for housing, actually. So the scary part with that was uh, you start hearing all these stories about these projects and mm. wherever. And it was just like, I kind of got, uh, I guess, cold feet. And I, I kind of just, you know, said, forget about the police academy. And then uh, I, I ended up staying at the job. And like I said, years go by. I went from part time working days to nights. I got the full time. And come June, I'm there 26 years. So it's, uh, it's been pretty, pretty eventful, uh, pretty good. That's awesome. And what is your biggest lesson? Because I'm thinking it's kind of like being in the uh, hotel industry. It's really customer service oriented. What, what is your biggest lesson you've learned in the job? Um, yes, it, it is. Uh, I guess you have to have a, be very patient. I mean, uh, believe me, I, I, love, uh, I love the job. I love my building. Mm -hmm. um, but you do get to, into situations where you hear certain things. And uh, it, it's funny because Several years back, this is going back, I actually wrote a memoir. Ah. And it was called uh, Opening Doors, a New York City Doorman's Secrets and Stories. I love that. Um, I never pushed it, but I also did it under, under a pseudonym, I guess, and it was called Open the Door Man. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that, I was actually able to write for a real estate website, which is called brickunderground.com. Mm -hmm. I wrote bi-weekly posts that were titled The Doorman Speaks. So I guess those are still available in the archives if uh, anyone wants to. Uh, want to look them up and it was just basically just giving giving people uh, an inside I guess uh, view of what goes on in a building but coming from the perspective of the person that actually works the door which is the doorman yeah yeah I've never worked or lived in a building that had a doorman but I've certainly gone to a hotels where we've had wonderful people serve you at the front desk and take up your you know your your luggage and help you out there and uh, I'm, I'm thinking it's not too different than what they do there correct or uh, it's pretty much the same thing I mean you know I meet and greet people but uh, you, you get to know them on a personal level um, I'm handling all packages and dry cleaning and you know especially now with what's going on I mean uh, granted I, I give a lot of respect to the essential workers as far as medical team but 
at the end of the day, my job is, uh, is deemed through our contract and our union is deemed as an essential worker. And I'm also on the front lines. I'm, I'm like, I'm right there at the door. I'm opening the door for people in and out. I'm still receiving boxes and, and dry cleaning deliveries. So it, it gets a little uh, overwhelming sometimes, especially with, with this whole virus that's going on. It's, uh, it gets a little scary sometimes. Yeah. How have you kept your, um, your state of mind and your mental health, uh, you know, at this time when there's a lot of fear going on? That's what I'm feeling in the street. I'm feeling this kind of tension and fear. Has it caused people to be a little bit short sometimes? Um, you know, you, you, you do see a difference in some people. I mean, it, it, but to me, honestly, personally, I'm a type person. Listen, no matter what goes on, you'll always see me cracking a smile. I mean, you just have to. And, and if you don't, I mean, you, you lose focus as to, to, to your own self. I guess, like you said, your own sanity. And, and again, I, I'm trying to take it as, as calmly as possible. But, uh, but you do see some people, they're a little jumpy. I mean, I, I try to hand them a package and they're like no. jumping away from me. Exactly. No, put it on the ledge. And, and I respect that. I, I get it, you know. Yeah, I know. I completely get you. So let's shift to your writing. Now you have this passion. How did you begin to explore it? And, and then you've written the book and it's published. How did that come about for you? Because a lot of people have this passion. Oh, I always wanted to write a book, but they just sit on it. They don't move forward. How did you move forward? Um, you know, to me, I, I say uh, I'm a doorman second, author first and foremost, or a writer first and foremost. Um, just do it. I mean, basically, if you have anything in life that you have a passion for, do it. My, my whole thing I've always said is that I would regret in life having, having like knowing that I didn't take a chance in doing something. And that to me is the biggest, you know, regret that you would have, because if you don't try, you don't know what you're actually capable of, of doing. Yeah. So I would say for anyone that's a writer, anyone that wants to be whatever, go for it. I mean, the worst that can happen is that it doesn't happen, but you know, you tried at least, you know, yeah, it's true. It's so true. Because do you want to be on your last day on this planet going, man, I didn't get to do this or that and feel exactly. grateful when, you know, you tried it, didn't work out. Hey, maybe you didn't even like it. There are some people I hear, oh, I, I decided I want to be a photographer. I got all the equipment. You went on and you're like, mm, not feeling it. But it's funny how sometimes you move forward doing something you think you might like that other opportunities open up and you realize, well, I don't like this, but I do like video editing or something like that. Exactly, exactly. And, and like I said, I mean, it's just a matter of just going for it, trying at least, you know, and, and you never know, you got people that are, they're in one industry, and they find out that, listen, I'm better suited at uh, baking, and, and they've made actually a, a big business out of it. So, you know, that's you go for it. Yeah, life is odd that way. You never, you never it's know. Much, yes. <laughs> it's funny. I, I started out as a kid. I was t taking voice training and my mom had me doing violin. And you think <laughs> now I look back and my mom said, well, that was all for naught because you're not a violinist. You're not a singer. But I use a lot of the talents or the things I gained, the skills I gained from maybe focus and discipline from those. Sure. Yeah, from those lessons, putting them into my now life. So, it, you know, sometimes you might learn something and think, well, this doesn't serve me. It can in different capacities. You can cross correlate things that you learned in one thing and use it some in some fashion in another industry or another service. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. So how did it work when you had your book and you've written it? Now, how did you start to get it published? How did that look for you? How, how was that trip? I um, listen, I, I, again, it's, it's one of those where, you know, it's, you have a passion for something and you mm -hmm. keep on doing it. Uh, I've always said, listen, where one door closes on you, there has to be another one where it's open. You have to just basically, Turn the doorknob and, and, and keep <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, I went through countless 
queries and rejections. Hmm. And I, I, I do admit that at times it gets a little, it's a little depressing, you know, when, when you hear the, the pretty much the, the same old standard of rejection, whereas uh, your material is not, you know, not for us, but we urge you to continue writing where our, our opinions are one thing, another publisher might, and you go on and on. But again, it just, to me, it made me, I guess, uh, it made me want it more. Yeah. Uh, it made me continue to, to edit my work and made me to, 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 to expand on, on certain ideas. I was, I was again from some people as far as what was working, what was not. And you continue to expand on that and make it better. And I was actually fortunate enough to, to with the same story that I have now was actually published uh, two different times. Uh, one back in two, uh, 2014. And then now my recent publisher, it's the same story. They just said, change the name on the, on the, on the book series. But um, again, it's just a matter of just keep on going and never stop. Yeah. Never stop yeah. believing. <laughs> yeah, I love Both that. Things. You know what I also liked of what you did is that you got const- constructive criticism sometimes. Because sometimes you, you'll just focus on the rejection. Oh, I got rejected again. But okay, what's in that rejection that maybe I can use to make me even better? And exactly. Then, you know, because the thing is, I find I, I just recently wrote a book myself and it's funny, you're looking at your work and you see it over and over again. And you're like, you don't see anything that might need fixing or that doesn't clarify to the audience because it's you and you know the story. But then you give it to someone else and you're like, well, this doesn't make sense to me. And you're like, you see an outside perspective that helps exactly. you up and see, OK, OK, I can firm this up. I can make this better. Sure. And it's funny because I, I mean, I, I'm a type of person, you write and write and there are times where I love my material and I'm thinking, oh yeah, this is the best thing in the world. And then you go back to the same page a day later and I'm like, what was I even thinking? Like, this is horrible. So you go through that, as a writer, you go through that confliction. It's like, I can't, I got to walk away from this. But again, you, you do need that outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Someone to tell me, you know what, listen, I like this, this works, this kind of doesn't work. So you are seeing a different set of eyes that are actually reading what, what you're, you're writing and it helps, it helps to, to fine tune those weak points that you need in order to get the, to, to tighten up your, your script or your book or whatever it is to get it out there and continue pushing it. Yeah, absolutely. And what works for you as far as the writing process? I mean, I've heard some people say, Hey, listen, just get out there and write it. It doesn't matter. Just throw it out there on paper and then go back. Is that, what's your process? Um, I, it's, I have so many ideas in my head. I mean, I, I used to jot them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, I, I'm able to retain that. So I do know like when, when, when I need some kind of certain dialogue. Um, just like I said, it, it, writing it down, sometimes it used to help me jotting it down here and there. But, um, but basically just whatever you have, I always say it's just write it out first. I guess you draw out some kind of an outline or format. And then from there, if you have a particular story in mind already, it'll evolve. And, and with this yeah. series that I have out, that's exactly what happened. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward story, but as I continued writing, you have, it ventures out into certain different subplots and you build a whole world of just a thousand different characters and they all come to life as a writer because it's just like, it's just open land, open territory and go wild with it. Yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting for me, I'm auditory learner and I get things better. I I express myself in that fashion. So when I was getting the idea that I want to write something, what I started to do is just record it for me because people say, oh, you said that perfectly when I say it. When I put it on paper, it's like, it's It's a different, yeah, it comes out totally different. (laughs) 
but then I, I just say, I was like, okay, I'm going to say it on a tape recorder. Then I'm going to write it. Then let's fix it, you know, grammatically. Um, so that's just what works for me, but everyone's different. Now, where can people find out more about your books and get some copy and start reading them today? How can they do that? Um, well, a book series, it's, uh, it's on Amazon, I guess, uh, uh, Books A Million Online, uh, um, Flipmart or Walmart Online. Um, it's the, the, book, the title of the book is called Hispanicist. Uh, it's a series. Uh, the first one came out, it's called The Apostate Life of Antonio Pantero. And the second book came out, it's called Abandoned Road. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a fictional story about, um, about a Bronx-born drug dealer who begins to, to tell, retell his life story. But at the same time, uh, he embarks on this journey of penance, if you will, wanting to right his wrongs before something bad, he feels that something bad is about to happen to him. Well, yeah, you're so right about that. You know, Hispanicus, where did you come up with the title for that? It's your interesting title. Um, it's, you know what, the, the pub, my publisher, my, my latest publisher actually helped retitle it. Uh, the original title on it was called His Hyphen Panic. And I thought it was just a, a fun play on words. Yeah. But because it was already published under that name, they figured they wanted to give it a new look as far as the title wise. So we rolled with a Hispanicus and it actually has, uh, has stuck. A lot of people told me that they like that better. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, one, one thing I didn't think about until years later when I was thinking about the idea of writing um, is that when I go and look at a book, I go to a bookstore, I'm looking at the cover. I'm looking at the, you know, the, the uh, what do you call it? The side uh, thing. Oh, the binding, yeah. The binding. You're like, all of that kind of attracts you initially to the book and go, oh, this sounds interesting. You pick it up, you start reading the back of it. So, you know, a lot of times I guess you would say that's not that important, but really it's probably just as important as the content inside is the initial boom attracting the client or the people to your book. Exactly, exactly. And I think uh, to me that, you know, the title Hispanic is sounds, sounds kind of like epic. It's because it, it, yeah. it really is a, a long, a lengthy series. Uh, you basically have one character who's retelling his pretty much entire life story starting when he was like five years old. And it spans through the 60s, the 70s, the wow. 80s, the 90s. And so, yeah, it's a, it, it's pretty, it's pretty well thought out. And it's, like I said, a very lengthy series. Does it have a lot of the New York history in it as well? It does actually. And I did a lot of research, uh, you know, Googling stuff, but also some stuff that I actually grew up. I mean, uh, I was, I, I'm a seventies baby. I grew up in 72. I was born in 72. So I, I always say that at my age, I, I like to, to think that I've seen a lot. I mean, I, I've seen, uh, you know, eight track and cassettes and CDs and records. I've seen a lot and I continue to, to feel that I'm young enough that I'm going to continue to see a lot more. So, but it does, it does a lot of, has a lot of history, New York stuff going back to the Bronx, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff that was going on back in those days, the garbage strike, uh, you know, so it, it does, like I said, a lot of research came into this. Did you grow up in the Bronx? Uh, no, actually, it's funny because uh, the, the, the story, the center story is basically takes place in the Bronx. But uh-huh. I, I've been a Queens boy pretty much all my life. I was born in Brooklyn and then moved to Queens. I've been here ever since. Oh, Brooklyn. So where in Brooklyn? Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I don't know if it was Brooklyn Hospital I was born, but we, did, we were there for maybe about a year or so. And then, like I said, moved to Queens yeah. and I've been here ever since. Yeah, I love Brooklyn. It's a, it's a great borough. Uh, but this has been great. I mean, uh, for anyone out there who's really sitting on their own dream, whatever it might be, maybe it's not writing, maybe it's uh, being a photographer, maybe it's being an actor, uh, starting those small steps and just take it, you know, take it on, baby. You know, do your part-time, you know, is a part-time gig to get going because you did it and so can everyone else out there who has that dream. Uh, just live it. Now, the name of your uh, story for the doorman, sharing your, 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 um, your take on it was uh, brickunderground.com, correct? 
Uh, yeah, so it's a real estate website, but if you were to, I guess, search uh, A Doorman Speaks, people will be able to, to see uh, into the archives uh, all the old articles that I used to write for them. And again, it, it was funny. They had a, a little sarcastic undertone, but it, it's basically what we see and, and what we see on a, on a daily basis, you know? Yes, yes. And they can get Hispanicus at uh, Amazon.com. Is there a website as well? Um, uh, I guess you can, if they wanted it, they can go to my, uh, to my actual, uh, the website where my publisher is and it's uh, printhousebooks.com mm -hmm. and they can look for it there also. That's fabulous. Well, I have to thank you again, Eddie. You, I know you're going to inspire people to get out there and create their own dreams. And I, I wish you all the best and just kicking butt going forward and, and just creating more and more awesome books. Thank you so much for coming to Savvy Broadcasting today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. You betcha. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.